Before we get started on this episode of Real Nerds Podcast, remember you can connect to the Real Nerds in many ways. You can follow us on Twitter at Real Nerds. You can go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook. You can also call us 720-6-NERDS-5. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. podcast unofficially the official podcast at denver comic-con 2016 and forever i am ryan with me always is uh, my mouth is full of gummy bales <laughs> gummy bales <laughs> gummy bales how you doing ryan good james how are you good uh brad is uh what do they say on radio all the time uh inflagante delecto no he's I like on assignment oh okay yeah yeah he's on assignment he's, Brad's he's on assignment he's directing he is he's shooting things as always so, no Brad this week. If you're wondering what we do on Real Nerds Podcast, every week we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week we saw M. Night Shyamalan's latest thriller, The Visit. Ta-da! Dun, dun, dun. I've always been afraid of old people. Yeah? Yeah. I had this experience when I was a kid where, like, we went to my grandparents' uh, retirement home in, in Boca, mm-hmm. and I was probably, like, eight and there was this old guy in a wheelchair in the hallway, and he thought I was cute, and it scared me. Uh, that is weird, though. Some old guys are like, just what, you're cute. That's what old people do, because they're like, oh, man, kids. And they just, I mean, that's what my dad immediately like explained to me as we got in the elevator and got away from that kid, or from that dude. Um, but it was creepy at the time. I was like, ah, why does that guy want to, like, <laughs> touch my cheek? Because he's cute, dude. You should never allow an old person to touch you. Oh, I don't think he allowed him <laughs> to touch me. I'm just saying, like. My dad noticed, like, oh, man, that scared the shit out of James. Yeah. That guy was old. You know, your dad was curious about this movie. Is your dad a Shyamalan fan? Uh, yeah, my whole family is. Uh, really? Well, I mean, they they are because I've sheltered them from the darkness. Mm. So they so haven't Lady seen in the, the Happening. Water and the Happening? Uh, they've seen Lady in the Water, but they haven't seen The Happening or um, The Last Airbender, which everyone forgets about. Um, <laughs> or uh, After Earth? They haven't seen After Earth either, no. Uh, After Earth is not as bad as those other two, but it's not a Shyamalan movie. Mm. Uh, it's just kind of a mess, as I remember. Yeah, it doesn't look good. You saw it, and I never had it. Because you, I, I forget why I didn't see it. I was probably doing something. Because it was a Shyamalan movie. And oh, yeah. Did you see a Shyamalan movie voluntarily? Right. Only reason you saw the one today is because there's nothing else Isn't in theaters. Isn't that amazing? I could, even, I could even look at like the independent stuff and say, no. oh, I'll see something interesting. Nothing seemed interesting no, to me. No, I, I can't go to like... I can't go to an independent theater and see anything. Like, there's the nothing. AMC 24 didn't have anything. I couldn't nope. believe nope. the AMC 24 didn't have Sleeping with Friends. Yeah, no, because that's nobody... usually my like Sleeping with other people. Sleeping with other people. That's usually my go-to. You know, if I can't yeah. find anything, that one has 24 theaters, so there's a chance something right. silly is there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if if I could see Allison Brie in a movie called Sleeping with Other People, I would see that movie. Exactly. But if it's not in my town, like. Then I'm forced to go see M. Night Shyamalan's return to a genre he's never done before. Yeah. M. So, Night Shyamalan. Anyway, we'll review that at the end of the, uh, of the episode and, and stay tuned for that. Cause I think that's going to be gonna an be interesting, interesting conversation. Um, yeah. we also talk about movies we've been watching, movie news, box office predictions for next week. Yeah. Um, comic books, 
I forget what else we talk about. Uh, movie releases uh, on Blu-ray. Yeah. And yeah, we're just a movie podcast. We like to have fun. Uh, but one of the great things about living in the great state of Colorado and being in Denver is we have the best movie theater in town. Yeah. Right in town. I mean, there are other towns that have that movie yeah. theater. I know I just messed that up. We still have the best movie theater in the world. Because <laughs> here's the thing. is I love the Alamo Littleton. Yeah. I love it so much that I forgot that Gretchen from the Alamo Denver... Oh, right. Works there. Yes, that's right. I knew that. And she's in the back of house. Yeah. And she presented movies, and I feel like an asshole. Yeah. So, Gretchen, I'll never forget you ever again. You are an asshole. You didn't know her either, asshole. (laughs) But she had a good sport about it. She sent us a tweet saying she's having, she's laughing for them trying to, uh, figure who out who she are and we who she is we do I know did, who you are it's i didn't just... know a gretchen in college but she's never listened to this show so that's part of why i was confused i'll give myself you're just you're just easily confused i think is what... i am just a, i was high no you weren't no you i do wasn't drugs I've never done i hope you don't no i don't you want to be my friend yeah oh my goodness yep oh that's, that's the stakes uh, are high now that's hey man get it the stakes are high ah i'm uh, out uh anyways what's cool about the Alamo Draft House is they're always playing something unique and interesting. I saw a lot of unique and interesting stuff this last week that we'll talk about. Sweet. So, but what's coming up? This Ryan? is what's coming up next week at the Alamo Draft House. Hey kids, how would you like to hear this on the screen instead of the great show you came to see? That's what you sound like. Honest. Please cooperate and do your part in keeping this theater quiet. So everyone, including you, can enjoy it. Thank you. <laughs> oh, good job. Uh, by the way, I, before I get into that, you did a great job on the film explosion. Oh, thank you. I love all the stuff you put in. Oh yeah, you put yeah. the the Goofy movie. <laughs> I was at I was at Target. That song is catchy as fuck. I was man. at Target today, and they had. Goofy movie and an extremely goofy movie. Yeah. And I was going to get them for you, but I'm hoping that they're going to put them on Blu-ray eventually. Oh, this wasn't Blu-ray? Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't want that. <laughs> I, I need my goofy movie to be crisp and clear on high definition. I'm surprised it isn't on Blu-ray. I said that last yeah. week. I'm surprised yeah. they don't have a... Maybe this year they'll put it on a double feature. Yeah. Uh, anyways, at uh, the Alamo... Are they showing the goofy movie? I wish. Oh, man. They are showing big screen classics as Chinatown. Oh, all right. Which I'll never see because it's a Roman Polanski movie. Yep. Same here. I, that's is that weird for me? Like I, I usually don't do that kind of stuff, but his crime is so heinous that I don't like him. I I, I also don't like his movies. Like mm-hmm. of the ones I've seen, I don't I don't care for them. So, you know, I I don't need to make time. Good. There's for you. a lot of good movies out there. Yep. Uh, like this one, the Craft Dinner is E. T. the Extraterrestrial with New Belgium Brewing. Son of a bitch. It's funny after after the color purple Brad and I were leaving, and and my folks were like, "Oh man, you should find out if they they'll let you host the uh, E. T." Just because that would be pretty... Uh, that would be awesome. A little disturbing, yeah. Uh, the American Astronaut in 35mm. Have you ever seen that movie? I haven't. Um, my RA in college, that was his favorite movie, he lent it to me. And it's weird as shit. And I don't <laughs> know what ha- what is happening. So no one can explain it to me. Um, so if somebody out there really loves the American Astronaut, uh, please tell me why. And you're seeing it in film. So if you know you want to go to it, check it out. 35mm, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, IFC has a free screening of the Goon, of Goon. Have you seen Goon? It's awesome. Yes, Goon's a good movie. Yeah. Uh, Science Friction is Metropolis with live score by DJ Ultraviolet. Also an awesome movie. Wait, are they scoring? Are they rescoring the whole movie? They have to be because D- who's DJ Ultraviolet? I don't know. I don't know. But they, why would they rescore the whole? Maybe they're only rescoring parts of it. I'm not know. sure because the movie has. I, I have heard that it's pretty fun because there's some other people around town that 
uh, do live music for it. Okay. So huh. um, I heard it's pretty fun. Uh, have you ever seen Metropolis? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. it's okay. all right. Yeah. Um, it's it's an interesting watch. It's mm-hmm. not it's not the most engrossing. It's weird because it's a silent film that's like two and a half hours long. So it's, yeah, it's an epic. It's a sci-fi hard to epic. Get through. There's 20 minutes of a guy moving a clock around. It's a metaphor. <laughs> the cinema cocktails is catch me if you can. Hell yes. Right. Oh, what day is that? Does it? Uh, I don't have a date. Oh man. I know. Sometimes I get dates. Sometimes I don't. But All just right. just log on to their app or their website. Yeah. They'll have it. Just know it's next week. Oh, Mile High Sci-Fi versus Big Trouble in Little China. That's a good movie. Yeah. Uh, Monster Zero and War of Gargantuans is a double feature. All right. Or Gargantuas, sorry. And Empire of the Sun is also playing. Remember, this month is Spielberg oh, month at yeah. the Alamo September. Draft House. That's another, that's another like, deep cut of Spielberg movies. They did a good job picking, really have. To, picking Spielberg movies this year. Um, I know they showed Jaws back-to-back weeks. I was almost tempted to see Jaws last night. Yeah, I saw Jaws. Not last night, but I saw Jaws. I was sitting there and says, "Oh, I'm going to see the visit." And then I saw the poster for Jaws. I'm like, Maybe I should see Jaws because <laughs> they're playing at just... the same time. Yeah, is it entirely possible that you could have like gone to see Jaws and then just made up, like, faked your way through a, a review of the visit? Probably. <laughs> uh, so make sure you log on to AlamoDrafthouse.com and select the Littleton location. Or the Denver location. I think it says Denver slash Littleton. Or if you don't live in that area, select a different Alamo draft. Yeah, house. Kalamazoo, Austin. Is there one in Kalamazoo? I think so. Oh, okay. I think you were just joking. I'm not joking. <laughs> uh, I'll double check real fast, but right. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's where one of them are. That's funny. Uh, cool. But yeah, the Alamo draft house is really easy to get movies. And I also got the movie. Actually, I shouldn't complain too much. It was free for me yesterday. Yeah. I got a free ticket for my birthday. Yeah, Kalamazoo. Um, wow. And I wanted to use it, and for some reason it wouldn't let it select. And I was like, oh, maybe it's because it can't be like the first day or something yeah. that it came out. And I forget who the ticket person was, but he says, oh, that's all right, man. I'll give it to you anyways. Nice. So, yeah, that was nice of him. Well, and you've been there a lot. I have. <laughs> but still, I mean, I told him he didn't have to. And he says, well, you want to pay for it? I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty nice. Uh, that's pretty good. Uh, we have some cool things going on this week. Yeah. Fan-wise. So we got a report from Telluride from, speaking of uh, Alamo, Steve mm-hmm. and Kendall. Mm-hmm. And we'll read that in the news section. Yeah. We'll, we'll use them as they were our reporters for us. Yeah. Um, but we got a phone call from Mr. Zach Eastman. And uh, so I'm going to play that for you right now. Okay. Hey, Ryan, James, and Brad. How you all doing? I'm sending some love from Costa Mesa, California. Um, <clears throat> I heard the film explosion, and I wanted to clarify the movie Clockers for you guys. Clockers is a Spike Lee movie uh, with Delroy Lindo, and it's essentially about uh, drug dealers within the city of Brooklyn over the span of a 24-hour period. Um, <clears throat> visually stunning, very well acted. Um, Martin Scorsese was uh, the presenter, like, um, you know, like how they have Quentin Tarantino presents Heroes. This was Martin Scorsese presents Clockers. <laughs> so it was a very uh, visceral film when I first saw it in film school, and uh, from a film from 95, like it certainly was, uh, my prime choice for, uh, primo choice for the, um, uh, uh, for the type of gangster film type of vibe. Um, I believe Casino came out the same year, but if I have to choose between the two, as much as I love Scorsese, I'd have to go with Clockers, which is why I placed it at number three. Um, sending you some love. We'll be in town. On, uh, from October 4th to 17th, and I might be bringing a little surprise, but I hope to see you guys soon. Bye. 
Thanks for calling, Zach. As always, the, my favorite part about it is that he's going to be here October 4th through the 17th. Yeah. So we'll get him back on the show. Yeah, cool. That'll be fun. That'll be either The Martian or... Uh, what's the week after The Martian? October is a great month. Man. There's almost too much stuff. And I have to say uh, that he sticks up for Spike Lee really grinds my gears. <laughs> uh, Spike Lee's a racist. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I don't think his movies are that good. Yeah, that's the real problem. Uh, Inside Man is good. Yeah, it's Inside good, Man. but Miracle at Saint Anna, I should have walked out of, and I've never walked out of a movie. But I. <clears throat> that's <clears throat> what I mean. It just. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like directors that hate me. Right. You know, I don't hate him. You don't. That's really sweet. <laughs> uh... Anyway. So, uh, so thank you, Zach, and yeah, we look yeah. forward to you being here. Yeah, we get... on the middle of in the middle of October. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. So, what are we starting with, James? Uh, well, let's start with some news. Cool. In other news, the Prime Minister of Sweden visited Washington today, and my tiny little nipples went to France. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it. And stick your head out and yell. I do the cha-cha like a sissy girl. It's the ghost of Stonewall Jackson. Everyone, it's the ghost of Stonewall Jackson. I like a do the cha-cha. I'm sorry, we seem to be having some technical difficulties. Uh, so yeah, Telluride Horror, or don't, not Telluride Horror Show, Telluride Film Festival was happening this week. It was. Um, so we got, uh, a lot of stuff from Steve. Um, Ryan, do you have that, uh, I have it up? handy, or did you want to read it? No, you go ahead and I'll get Kendall's ready. Cool. So Steve's email is, Telluride! <laughs> My favorite film at Telluride was Charlie Kaufman's latest shotgun swallowing saga, Anomalis, Anomalisa? Anna Melissa, is that right? I, I, I don't know. Anna Melissa. I mean, that's how it's like, I think that, yeah, yeah. Anna Melissa, which, uh, bathes in a completely different kind of sad, surreal being stop motion. Steve, if you wanted us to be respectful, you should have just called in and left a voicemail. <laughs> See it as soon as you can. So it's stop motion and it's Charlie Coffin. He always makes weird films. Yeah. 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 But interesting. I would never. It's the kind of thing that I would expect Steve to like, mm-hmm. but I'll check it out. Yep. Steve Jobs is excellent. If you're expecting a quippy Sorkin penned keynote speeches, you will be disappointed. Given that Sorkin's strong suit isn't the nitty gritty behind the scenes, Fassbender and Winslet are impeccable. Uh, what he's talking about in nitty gritty behind the scenes is the, the hallway scenes as they are on their way to mm-hmm. the keynote speeches. Those are the, th- and that is actually what I wanted. So I, I'm really excited by his review. Yep. Black Mass is a clown car of a film, trying to pack in as many goofy performances into this tiny train wreck. <laughs> it does absolutely nothing for the gangster genre or for the Whitey Bulger as lore, which no one really cares about unless you're from Boston. Scratch that. I'm from Boston. I don't even give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Okay, let me read that last part again. Sure. Scratch that. I am from Boston, and I don't even give a shit. There we go. <laughs> Isn't that what you said? I made it, I emphasized it a little more. Oh, I get you. I get you. Uh, Todd Haynes' Carol is outstanding in all regards and hopefully be your favorite holiday film of 2015. Huh. His direction is laser point specific and Blanchette and Mara are completely aligned in a beautiful, as a beautiful orga, organism. Uh, I almost said orgasm because it's Which a, would have been ironic. Yeah, I know. Because it's a. <laughs> it's one of them sex movies. Yes. Yeah. 
which um, I'll see. Um, <laughs> as for cool repertory stuff, if you ever have the chance of watching The Mother and the Whore, the a four the hour. The Mother and the Whore? Or the, the Mother, mother the and the Whore. Okay. W H O R E. Like, like Whore. Yes. <laughs> a four hour French film that was pretty influential on Noah Baumbach. Oh, okay. Or Cocksucker Blues, a rare intimate <laughs> Rolling Stones concert doc. Pretending to be a fictional tell, I fully suggest you take the leap. I shouldn't read these with it. Like, I have a, a microphone blocking what I'm looking down at, so I'm seeing in my peripheral just nothing but a microphone, and then this is kind of blurry. You know what's funny is um, you you uh, you have arms, and you could you could lift the shut the up, phone James. Up I so could. It's not, but I would rather try to read and talk like I can't read <laughs> than do that. <laughs> okay, fair. So, uh, Steve, thank you so much. I will not see The Mother and the Whore because it's a four-hour French film. Oh, my goodness. It's four hours? That's what he says. I will not see that a four-hour French film. The French are pretentious uh, enough. I don't need to sit through four hours of it. The Mother and the Whore. The Mother and... Yeah, I don't... I, uh, no. I, I, but you know I what, Steve? Know. I'm glad you sat through it and enjoyed it. Yeah. Thank you, thank you for doing that for us. Um, give me like a spark note sometime. <laughs> call, call in and tell us the plot. Re, retell us the plot of the mother and the whore. Um, Kendall wrote in as well after she heard that we were going to talk about Telluride stuff, and she said, uh, "This is just on Twitter, so it's short." I heard you fellows were talking about Telluride. You guys need to see Rams with an exclamation point, um, which I haven't seen a trailer for Rams, so I'm going to go look up a trailer for. Actually, no. If I can find a trailer, it's going to be right here. Sigurvegarinn And if I didn't find a trailer, you just heard a trailer to a movie that I really like. So <laughs> I, I hope that I found one. Anyway, cool. Thanks, guys. That was cool. We appreciate it. Uh, in other news, I'm, I was really happy I got to say that. Anyway, in other news, uh, Olivia Jackson, who's a stunt woman, who's been in Star Good news, Wars. dude. I, uh, I found the trailer just by typing in Rams oh, did movie you? online. Oh, good. Is it a movie about the CSU Rams? Uh no. Oh. It is um uh, entertaining. I can't, it's an Iso- Icelandic drama film directed by Grimer Hugginson. <laughs> oh, did you just have a seizure? No, I mean if you can read that name, Grimer Gumi Grimur Hakanarson. Yeah, basically what I said. Hakanarson. That's pretty good. Yeah, right, cool. You know, so cool. So I hope you enjoyed that trailer. <laughs> Did we just make everybody look listen to like two minutes of people talking in in Icelandic? <laughs> Probably. 
Oh, that's interesting. That's <laughs> yeah, always good podcasting. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Olivia Jackson, who's a, she's a stunt woman who's worked on Star Wars. Uh, she worked on Mad Max and then she was, uh, filming for Resident Evil. Is in a coma this week. There was a, there was an accident on the set of Resident Evil where she was basically just driving a motorcycle and a camera. I, I, from the description, I can tell what the shot was. It was one of those like drive a motorcycle towards this camera and then the camera will lift off as soon as you're going to hit the camera. Mm-hmm. But the, there was a, a, a bug in the mechanism that oh, lifts no the good. camera and so she hit the camera. And she's um, a stunt woman? Yeah, she's a stunt woman. Um, her, her husband's a stuntman as well. Um, who is on, uh, a bunch of stuff. He was also in, I think, Mad Max and, and Star Wars. And, uh, anyway, um, so, you know, hopefully she is going to pull out, but right now she is still sort of fighting for her life. So, um, just keep an eye Get on that. Get well. Yeah. Hopefully everything there is going to be okay. Um, she seems like a badass. Like the pictures of her on the set of, uh, of Mad Max and Star Wars look really cool. Was she, uh, trying to escape an underground lair? No, uh, she was Charlize Theron's. That was um, my Paul W. S. Anderson joke. Oh, oh, you mean in Resident No, yeah. she, no, I mean, she was outside. There, where were they filming? They were filming in, uh, oh, Johannesburg. So there's probably, the, the underground layer is probably under Johannesburg. Yeah, I mean, she's yeah. probably coming out of it. Yeah, it's probably for the end of the movie. <laughs> she rides a motorcycle out of the underground layer. But yeah, I get well. Yeah, that's too bad. Um, so in other news, uh, we have a poster for that preacher thing that's not gonna happen. Oh, yeah. Um, they picked that show up for a full season that'll never air, and uh, <laughs> no, uh, they they picked it up for a full season. And uh, Seth Rogen released a, a poster that's awesome. Basically, he took um, it looks kind of like the original poster for, for Preacher, only there's it's a so it's a it's a church, old Western church, um, but instead of having the face of Jesse Custer behind it, it the whole thing is just upside down. Um, so it's just, it's, it's a really striking If people cool could poster. see you right now, you were looking in the distance and describing And then it. I flipped my hand upside down. <laughs> to, to That's also great, uh, podcasting. Yeah, always good. Always good. Um, so I, I guess that's going to happen. Um, it's happening, dude. I've seen, but I don't I've think seen I'll stills ever... from it. <laughs> I know. I know. I've seen the side of Arseface's head. Um, in other comic book movie news, Zoe Saldana is going to be in I Kill Giants. Awesome. I know. Uh, they cast a girl that I don't think I've ever seen. I mean, well, well I mean, what I part saw, is uh, she playing? Uh, she's going to play the uh, the school counselor. Awesome. Um, Malay, I believe her name mm-hmm. was, Miss Malay. Um, and uh, they cast a little girl a couple weeks ago for the part of Barbara. Uh, I still can't Barbara. that movie's happening. Yeah. This is one that, like, this is, like, the opposite of Preacher. Like, my gut tells me this is going to fall apart somewhere, like, <laughs> but I'm terrified of that, so I'm just going to talk as if this movie is the next Star Wars and is, an, like, an inevitable thing that's, that's going to happen. And that's supposed to come out next year, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, director is a director who um, won the Academy Award, I think, in 2014 for Best Short. Um, and uh, I, it seems like a good... It'll happen, because here's the thing, is what people don't know about comic book writer Joe Kelly is he's also a huge Hollywood guy. Oh, yeah. Like, producer-wise, and so it'll be fine. Yeah, I think it's going to happen. Um, my hope is just that it turns out really good. Um, and I kind of hope that they animate some of it. Yeah. Like, I, I hope they do, like, a hand animation for the Pixies and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Kind of like know? a Roger Rabbit kind of thing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to do the Giants that way, but I, I would hate for there to be, like, CG, CG Pixies. But, yeah. but that's just what I would want. I just want a good movie. I 
as long as Barbara gets off the bus and lifts up her shirt to look at her little pot belly, I will be fine. <laughs> as long as that shot is in the movie. If that shot's not in the movie, I will fucking hate this movie. But as long as that's in the movie, then I'll be fine. Um, so anyway, uh, Netflix is going to pick up Black Mirror and do a couple episodes of that. Uh, who knows for how long, but that's that show that I talked about a few weeks ago. Yeah, like like everybody else likes. Like Orphan I... Black. Yes, right. Yeah, it's, it's palatable, like, like other BBC science fiction. <laughs> so, and it's not unfair. I mean, there's a lot of American science fiction that's also palatable at best. Yeah. So, like that, uh, like that Halle Berry show. Uh, I never watched it. I watched some of it. It was palatable. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the very last thing that I want to sort of discuss here is Steven Spielberg was sort of in the news this week. It's funny because he doesn't ever talk about anything else. But when he says something like uh, uh, incendiary, then it becomes news. Um, he said this week in an interview that he thinks that comic book movies or superhero movies are going to go the way of the Western, by which he means like they're they're still a fad and they will die out. Um, and, uh, of course, Zack Snyder jumped on there and said, like, ah, I think he's right. Um, well, and, and Zack so Snyder also said, I think he's right, except for DC movies won't. Well, yes, but I wanted to leave that part out because I, I didn't, think... because that, that's part of the quote that is stupid. <laughs> I know, I know. I wanted to leave it out because that just in general, Zack Snyder has said a lot of stupid things about DC recently. Um, like he said that Superman and Batman aren't flavor of the weeks like, uh, like Ant-Man, I'm like, yeah, but Ant-Man was a fun movie. Yeah. Name me the last fun Superman movie. I, well, Man of Steel was fun. But was it good? Was it fun? <laughs> yeah. There's some big action scenes in that yeah, movie. And I like, think it's a good movie. The score's good. The score's good. The score's really good. But, um, yeah. Anyway. Um, I'm just, I'm curious. I wanted to bring it up to see, like, after, after what um, is now, feels like 10 years of... Superhero movies being a big staple well, actually, of the summer longer, blockbuster. Spider-Man came out in 2202. Yeah, but I feel like uh, those first few years, you know, yes, there were a few of them, but they weren't like the domination of the guess, summer yeah. blockbusters. Well, since 2008, with, so yeah. seven years, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's really the, the thing that, that's, that is, I think, the question here. I, I don't think that superhero movies are going to disappear. The question is more, do they become something where, yeah, you get a couple a year but they're they're smaller they're not they're not the tent poles right um i I don't know i i don't know my i don't want them i love superhero movies i really do because i love comics i love the struggle of heroes so i don't want that anything to happen to them but i mean i could see it potentially happening but then again you have a movie called ant-man that's going to make 200 million dollars in america right so for them to f- completely fall off and not be come out a couple of times a year, right. I would be surprised because even and they'll go through resurgence, even stuff, you know, like animated films. Remember, in the early 2000s, like, oh, nothing cool until the Pixar movie came out once every three years. Yeah. And then slowly the animated films started picking up again. And I mean, they're all computer animated now, but right. But now you get a plethora of them. Yeah. Too, so too many. I I think uh yeah, I think that it'll be all right. I don't I don't see that happening because uh I don't know if you put this in your news, but now everybody's trying to, you know, universe build and mm-hmm. now they're going to combine King Kong and Godzilla. Right. Which I I think would be pretty cool. I mean, if they make yeah. it a fun movie. Yeah. 
Um, I'll see it. Yeah, I, I, th- I, I have my good, lovable, pure King Kong films mm-hmm. that I can watch when I just want when I want a like real story. But if I want to watch two giant monsters fight each other, then yeah, I'll, I want to watch King Kong fight. Yeah, that, that new one starts filming I think this week with Tom Hiddleston, uh, Kong of Skull Island. Or oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, see, the name that's what is. I want. I want one of those. Yeah, a good adventure movie. I'm just gonna mention they finally released the specs for the Army of Darkness Blu-ray. Yeah, from Scream Factory. It's three discs. Oh, that's right, because we didn't talk about that last week. Uh, it has a new hour and a half long documentary. The only thing that bumps me out when I was reading it is Sam Raimi's not in it. Oh yeah. Um, but he, I don't think he's filming anything either. Oh know. no, he, I... he was probably doing Evil Dead in no, because Bruce Campbell's on the documentary. Yeah. I don't um, know what he's doing. I don't know. I guess when you make tons of money and you just kind of yeah. Uh, Say what you want. Uh, but maybe, cool maybe he knows there's going to be another edition. Um, <laughs> I don't know how they're going to do it because I was reading the specs. There's four versions of the film. Wow. With like 17 minutes of deleted scenes. Wow. Uh, the cool thing is, is, <laughs> hi, buddy, is they have obviously the theatrical and high def. Yeah. The director's cut in high def. Yeah. The international cut in high def. And then another TV version just in standard definition. Yeah. Um, but they also have 50 minutes of new behind the scenes from K and B. Uh, so I'm really, really excited for this release because it seems like it's finally like the definitive. Yeah. Army it's, of Darkness. It's the Blu-ray version of the Boomstick Edition. Exactly. Right? Where the Boomstick Edition was the edition of, of the movie on, exactly. on DVD. This is finally going to be the, the Blu-ray edition. And I also wanted to bring up, I was listening to our film Explosion 1995. Yeah. And I was listening to the trailer for Cutthroat Island. Yeah. And the score they use in the trailer is Army of Darkness. I know. <laughs> it started playing. I said, is he playing Army of Darkness right now? <laughs> no. Pretty- I noticed that when I cut it together, I was like, wait a second. This isn't the score. Because I owned, well, my brother owned the the soundtrack to Cutthroat mm-hmm. Island when we were younger. Um, we used to play it in the Lego room all the time. And uh, and so I know that score. And so when I started watching that movie. I'm like, wait a second. This isn't. That's not the theatrical it's that score. Danny Elfman scores. Yeah. Actually, that might be the Michael DeLuca part. Yeah, Danny Elfman only did the March of the Dead. So oh, that really? was Michael DeLuca. So, yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, uh, I wanted to get back. Um, I, I think the misconception with the Spielberg thing is that while while there's a lot of buzz around the, the superhero movies, they aren't really the only tent poles. Like, yeah. like, yes, there are these bit like, like uh, an Avengers 2 came out this year, but it is shadowed by Jurassic World, right? Like the those big budget movies are still being made and are still, you know, it's just that Have everybody the in the culture, everybody's World? talking about it. No, is it cool? Yeah, it's just a disc. Like it's a, a circle disc. Yeah. Uh, it's like the Amazon exclusive one. It's a circle disc that fits like in a style of a Blu-ray thing and you uh-huh. like pop the top off and oh. it's pretty cool. Interesting. You know, you hate the movie, but. Yeah, I don't like it. I'm going to yeah. get it. All right. Well, I'll look at your your blue. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't think... I I think that the real critical question here is more, what do they do... What do they do when we get to a place where even Marvel has to start looking at rebooting stuff, right? When yeah. if eight years from now, they're like, hey, it's been a while since we well, had an Iron Man and it's I could been a while also, since I we could had also throw that they've already done it with Hulk. Yes, but like... That They've one, done it. <laughs> that one, they did it inside the current universe, yeah. right? So they didn't have to rewrite it. Also, I mean, like restart the universe, right? That's the I, question. It, it, I'm guessing after Infinity War, it might be too big where they might have to. I I think that at that point they they're trying to launch these other characters so that they can keep it standing 
on some of the side characters for a while. Yeah. But yeah, there is this question of after after Infinity War, when you no longer have Chris Evans, you no longer have Robert Downey Jr. Um, well, Chris Evans just came out too, said he'll be Captain America as long as they want him to be. Yeah, but at a certain point, <laughs> like after another 10 years, he probably isn't. Like, yeah. I don't know. Chris, we'll he, he's got a young enough face. He could probably yeah. do it for a while, but... Um, he is dreamy. Yeah, I just... That's, that, to me, is the question. Because here's the problem with this. I don't think anybody else has done it well enough that we even ask that question. Yeah. It's, if next week they rebooted all of the DC stuff again, no one gives a shit. Yep. It's, it, and it's what's probably going to happen. Because everything that I'm hearing coming out of this new Batman Superman movie doesn't sound like anything that is going to, like, stick. And here's the thing, too, is I don't know why Hollywood is so against the superhero stuff. All it does is make them tons of money. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, they're not... Yes, they are. The, the real Hollywood people don't like the superhero stuff. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's ridiculous. It, they, they, I remember they're always predicting the demise of it, and it's still. Oh, yeah. I still think it's weird. Yeah, maybe Amazing Spider-Man two underperformed. It still made eight hundred million dollars. Right. That's not underperforming. Yeah. It's just what is underperforming in their eyes. Right. You know, and hey, I'm oh, it's, all it's for because... him going back to Marvel. That's cool, but I'm just saying it's. You live in a, we live in a world where now. Remember when Ant Man opened? It didn't open to like a hundred million dollars, and it was right. like, "Oh, is it even gonna? Is this the end of Marvel?" And it's still like in the top ten in movies right now. Oh yeah, so it well, had the, legs. The difference is that everybody expects. It's why I wanted to bring that up. Everybody expects that. Oh, if it's a Marvel movie, it's going to be the biggest movie of the summer. Well, that's not true, and it yeah. has kind of never been true because nobody's talking about the fact that Jurassic World went on and made a billion dollars. They all just think like, "Oh, well, the Marvel movies are like they're the biggest thing." No, they're not. All, there's a bunch of movies that are doing more than they are. Well, that's what I mean, too. There, There's an article on – it's probably on Slash Film, but they said even Disney thinks Avengers 2 is a failure. No, they don't. Right. I, I read the article. It right. still made $1.5 billion. Right. That is not a failure because it didn't make 1.6 like Jurassic World. Yeah. It's just Jurassic World connected domestically more than Avengers did. Right. And that might be because no, no one has seen a real dinosaur movie since 2001. Right. So yeah, I mean there is, there is certainly there's a lot of Marvel stuff coming out, and there's a lot of people who are going to start falling off because they either because they they get tired in the way that the core audience for those movies aren't. My mom, my my friends are never going to be people who are like, oh no, I won't go see that movie. Yeah, no, they're they're always going to be a little bit interested in it. Yeah, that's you know, it's, it's when the movies get bad that they're exactly. not going to care. It's when it's when they they come out with. Another Green Lantern that's just as bad, or like if they come out with a, a Wonder Woman that is just as bad as Green Lantern was, pe- people aren't going to show up. And that's the thing, too. And there was an article, it was last week, we didn't do news last week, but Kevin Feige right. almost quit because he's like, dude, you need to give me more money right. to make these movies cool. And Disney's like, yeah, we'll give you more money because right. the guy they're dealing with wasn't giving it. And it's not that he was being greedy. He's like, you want to keep making these movies. You want to still make them good. I mean, Because yeah. basically, Civil War is Avengers 3. Right. I mean, so... Yeah, and they know. Like, well, if we want a billion dollars, we'll spend three hundred million dollars. Yeah, the story is actually a bit more complicated than that because yeah, yeah. We, we didn't talk about it that last week. But the um, the guy who at Disney was sort of in charge of Marvel, he moved out of the way. Kevin Feige sort of has the reins completely now. Um, and now all the reports he also, to Bob the, Iger. So yeah, he doesn't even have to report to anybody at Marvel. Like Marvel Studios is completely on its own. And then he also broke up the the brain trust at at Marvel that was working on that stuff, um, which is interesting because it sounds like 
it'd be really interesting to hear from like Edgar Wright, who I'm sure is not even allowed to talk about this stuff, but some of the other people who have have struggled um, inside of the Marvel uh, uh, universe um, to hear if if all those voices and all those people talking and all those people with their hands in the pot is a part of why people struggle, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it's interesting to see who's been successful in there. You've got people like Joss Whedon who are going to put up with whatever kind of bullshit because he's, he's that, that guy. That guy has put up with a lot yeah. of bullshit, right, to make his get his movies made. And his passion for the subject matter is such that he's going to do whatever he has to to make a movie where a robot comes to life and is evil because uh, he really likes telling those stories. Um, and then you've got people like James Gunn, who I can't believe was as I successful as he was. It, yeah. Like that guy, I feel like everything was against that guy, and somehow he was able to pull it through. Um, but it'd be interesting to see if, if some of those people say like, yeah, it was just cause there's too many people talking and, and you don't have any creative control, which it's not good or bad. They are putting out movies that are fun. So, yeah. you know, if, if that's what it takes to, to make that thing a big cohesive story, um, then fine, but they just got to not let it suffer as they grow. Yeah. So. And I mean, the point of the story is, is. Uh, Marvel's not going to go anywhere for a while. No, they're not. I, I think that the the question what will be interesting is if we see stuff drop off like the Chronicles of the World, the the little you know um, either indie movies about superhero topics or just side stories. I think Marvel is going to continue to grow and and do really well. You know, they released the trailer for it's not even a trailer; it's like a teaser intro thing for for uh, Jessica Jones this week. And I don't know shit all about Jessica Jones, but I was like, okay, sure, no, I'll cool watch story. that show. That's um, a cool story. It has Alias, where she's is her comic, and yeah, that obviously they can't call it Alias, but right. Uh, there's a great Spider-Man story in it. I forget. I think it's issue seven or something, but it's yeah. a great Spider-Man story. That's cool because the story is is she had superpowers and lost them, right? And then she becomes like a private investigator. Yeah, so it's pretty awesome. Isn't that a Bendis story? It is Bendis. Isn't that the same story as Powers? Uh, kind of, yeah. <laughs> Except one of them is a murder mystery. And one of them's in the Marvel Universe. That's true. That's true. Uh, also, speaking of Marvel, Captain Marvel, uh, Rebecca Ferguson is starting to be circled for that. I know. I like that casting. I like that casting. I, and they were also talking about Emily Blunt. I think she'd be really good, too. Oh, she'd be really good. Uh, she obviously shows she can do it from Edge of Tomorrow because yeah. she's a badass. Yeah. And I want to see Sicario so bad because I think yeah, that she movie looks, looks good. awesome yeah. in it. So, yeah. So, anyway, we'll be fine. Yeah, everything's going to be okay. Yeah, everything will People be are going to keep making good movies. They're also going to keep yep. making shit movies. Yep. <laughs> what are we doing next, Ryan? Uh, let's see what's coming out on Blu-ray. By the power of Grayskull. Point Break or Bad Boys 2? Which one do you think I prefer? No, I mean, which one do you want to watch first? You are pulling my leg. This is the week of Furious 7. Nice. Um, so not only can you get Furious 7 Extended Edition on Blu-ray, but you can also get like a big box set of all seven of them um, shaped like a wheel because Cars, man. Um, so, yeah, I guess. Are yep. you going to buy seven? Yeah. Okay. I think I might. I don't know. I don't want to buy all seven of them because no. I, I, I don't – I've never seen three – but I heard it's horrible, and um, Tokyo Drift, and then uh, I saw four with my wife. That's one of the f- that's the first one I ever saw actually, and it was oh, not really? good. Yeah, four is not yeah. So I haven't seen two yet. I got it at Trademark for three dollars. I don't think I own any of them, so maybe so, it would be a good idea. Maybe I'll wait and see. Like I'll wait till that seven 
disc set gets cheap yeah. and get that one. Because yeah, I, I don't want to... Uh, well, no, I own five because that's the best one. Yeah. Um, and I'm kind of okay, unlike Resident Evil, where I own all of them and I don't know why, <laughs> I'm kind of okay only owning Fast Five. Um, but we'll see. Maybe maybe I'll pick it up at some point. Uh, Cinderella. I Kenneth do really want to see that because I love uh, Kenneth Branagh. And yeah. The only thing that was interesting about that and why I never saw it in theaters is because it just looked nothing it really seemed like it didn't bring anything new to the Cinderella story so it seems like it's a live action version of the cartoon it is but it is very well made uh, you've um, seen it oh yeah i saw it in theaters oh that's right i yeah. don't remember it came out so long ago in theaters yeah it did uh yes it is very much just cinderella so if you know the story of cinderella that's what's going to happen um but the acting is just it's fantastic the way he tells the story is really good i mean it good. looks beautiful i was I was moved by this wow. version. So and considering that you know it. it's coming, like, you know what's going to happen, and yet still, like, it, it packs enough of an emotional punch that it's, it's pretty good. See, it goes, now I might have to get it because I love Disney, and oh, yeah. it got me. It, it has just enough Ever After in there to be like, oh, okay, all right, like, the, you're taking this a bit more seriously. Um, you know, because the cartoon's going to shy away from some of the darker oh, yeah. stuff. Um, whereas there's a good portion, there's a good portion at the beginning of the movie with her father in the movie. Where you know that mm. that sets a tone that is slightly different than the cartoon. Maybe um, that's why I was so successful, though. I, I know it made a lot of money. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was good. It was good. Oh, uh, there is the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, season two of Agents of Shield is coming out this Ma- week. Amazon exclusive. Oh, is it really? That's what it says at the top. Oh man, you're right. Wow. That's for the Blu-ray. That's pretty crazy. I know um, Agent Carter is too. Does that come out this week? It does come out I this lo- week. Look how cool that cover is, I know, dude. I know. I just, I I, Agent Carter, it. I'm definitely going to pick up. Um, whether I, I guess I should pick up Agents of the Shield because I never finished season two, but I don't know, man. Like, Agent I, Carter's badass. I loved that Agent series. Carter's great. Yeah, it's really good. So yeah, at, at the very least, go pick up Agent Carter. Um, and that's uh, an Amazon exclusive too. So make yeah. sure you order. So it. yeah, don't yep. go pick up anything. I mean, don't get it on DVD. Get it on Blu-ray. Yeah, hell yeah. It's like thirty bucks. Right. Um, the uh, they're putting out a complete Adventures of Lost in Space Blu-ray this week. All um, right. So if you want to go watch all of the old Lost in Space TV show, you can do that. Um, there's a movie with Elizabeth Banks and Paul Dano and John Cusack. You were there this Love and Mercy. week when I talked about that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, no, that's the the the, um, Beach Boy the Beach Boys movies. Yeah, you said that was good, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's one of those movies that I'm not going to get when it comes out, but when it's like four dollars, I'll get it. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Uh, I will try to check that out. Uh, season two of Sleepy Hollow is out this week, which I've never given a shot. Um, Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. What is this? That's actually a big deal. Uh, I'll give you a little background on okay. that. Um, so Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers is Halloween 6. Okay. It was made, and when the studio saw the film, which happened to be uh, Dimension, they said, oh, this movie is kind of boring and doesn't make any sense. So we need you to cut the last third of it, reshoot the last third, add a bunch of gore to it, and then we'll release the movie. So the producer's cut is weird and is not as violent. Um, it has a little more story to it, okay. but it doesn't make it better. The movie is still a mess. Uh, this is like Zach Eastman's... Uh, big thing but that yeah. they have it now as a single blue blu-ray because before you could only get it as a part in, of that, that in the huge set. limited edition set gotcha um 
it still doesn't make it a good movie. In fact, I actually prefer the over the top more. Yeah. Because the problem is, is it? I'll, I'll, I'll spoil. Oh, should I spoil this for her fans? Uh, I won't. But okay. I will tell you that the ending is very anticlimactic. Okay. And it makes absolutely no sense. Okay. So. The ending for the theatrical version is him chasing Paul Rudd through a hospital and they like fight. Sure. And gore happens. Sure. So if it, it's really cool that they're putting that out so people can finally see it. Uh, it was even as a fan of the Halloween, I always, always wanted to see it because it was mythical for a long time. Yeah. Saying, oh, if you could only see the producer's cut and it's buried out there, man. Someday you'll see. Yeah. Then you'll know. And the it, truth. you can't really blame the guys who made it because Halloween 5, they kind of painted the person making Halloween 6 in a corner. Yeah. Having to explain all the stupid shit from Halloween 5. It's 5 where it's like, oh, he's cursed and like. Yeah, and he oh, has like know. the mark of the thorn where he's been switched to. He's like the devil. I don't even remember. It's something he was born with a mark and of the. De- it's like End of Days with Schwarzenegger. Whoa. Where the baby has like. Yeah. The mark of the beast. Yeah. <laughs> That's like Michael Myers. It's really weird. All right. Um, I can't explain it because it's convoluted and stupid. That that really undermines the like story of the first movie. Exactly. That's right. why people, when you ask people, it's they okay. say Halloween one, two, and four are amazing, and then five, uh, five and six kind of undermine the whole series because they try to. Anytime you try to explain a monster, it takes away who he is. Yeah. You know. Well, especially in that case, because I think it's interesting that as somebody who's never liked it. Who doesn't really like movie horror movies and has never produced a Halloween movie? It took me all of two seconds to tell you that that was a bad idea for for Michael Myers because like the whole the scary thing of the original Halloween is that like he just kills this, his sister. Yeah, this kid just kills people, and you're yeah. like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Like what? What? How, why? Exactly. You know. And then he gets free, and then he goes and tries to kill what's her face, yeah. and he walks across the stream the, oh, across, across the street in a steady cam shot, and you're like, what? Yep. Steady cams. <laughs> So yeah, that's so, what I remember of that movie. No, Halloween's an amazing piece of horror cinema, but um, Halloween 6 is not good. But if you're curious about the unrated producer's cut... This is how you see it. This is how you see it. Unless you, like me, and you have limited edition stuff. But. Right. Which I would kind of expect that if you are curious about that cut, you probably have the limited edition. It would be my guess, <laughs> but, but uh, it's, it's available to you now. <laughs> cool. Um, Jubanji's getting a Blu-ray release this week. What's interesting about this for me is that it's called the anniversary edition, but it doesn't say like ten year anniversary edition. Just, just hey, this is an anniversary. What year did that come out? Year? I don't know. Probably ninety-five. Is it ninety-five? I would think so. I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Uh, let, me look, let me look it up real yeah, fast. You, you look, you look it up while I talk about uh, the Jinx. So HBO's The Jinx is coming out on Blu-ray this week, so you can get a chance to check that out. That's the show that I talked about a while back um, about Robert Durst, which is a fascinating. 95. Oh man, I'm good. You are good. Um, also, that's the only way it would make sense for them to call it an anniversary edition, like because then it would be 20 years. So, um, and, and that makes me kind of want to forgive how bad the CG is. Like the fact that that CG is 20 years old and those monkeys yeah. at least look like monkeys. We interviewed the guy who worked on that. Yeah, the movie doesn't look very good, though. Um, so uh, the Jinx is is terrifying, and I I don't even know that I would tell anybody to own it. Like, you should just get it, like, go watch it on HBO Go, and then don't ever watch it again, because it's a terrible, horrible thing that, that will screw with your brain. Um, what is the legacy, Ryan? Uh, a... I'm not sure. It's Scream Factory, though. It's one I've oh, never okay. seen. Um, I believe this is a um, this is a movie about a killer hand that has the head of a cat attached to its wrist mm-hmm. through um, the sky. 
Yeah, yeah, and it it runs around outside because there's a window in the background. Um, it is the birthright of living death. I know Sam Elliott's in it. Does that help anybody? Um, kind of, because it kind of looks like the cat's got a mustache. It does. So maybe Sam Elliott turns into a cat. <laughs> Sam Elliott turns into a cat that gets beheaded, sewn onto the hand of a witch, and then runs around on that hand and tries to kill people with its long red fingernails. That's the story of the legacy. Check it out. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, there's a badass re-release of Mad Max that I own Mad Max, t- the original Mad Max twice now because they keep putting out cool releases. This one's just a red case. Yeah. And that's just, pretty cool. Looking. Yeah. It's like that Terminator that they re-released. Yeah. You have the Scream Factory one. I don't think you need another no, one. No, I don't. I don't <laughs> need another one, but I, and I won't buy another one, but just if you really like Blu-ray cases, go check this one out. Um, there's some horror movie called Dust Devil, which I just think is a horrible name for a horror movie because it just sounds like you're going to get attacked by annoying wind. Um, House of the Long Shadows. Yeah, so there's a Vincent Price movie with uh, Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing called House of the Long Shadows. It just looks awesome. Look at this. Like, it's just four old guys in a painting. One of them's got, like, uh, a, f- a, uh, a flare, and one of them's got a giant axe, and one of them's got, like, a... One of those, like, things you whip people with. It's like a piece of leather with some beads or whatever on it. Um, and, and then there's, there's Vincent Price. I, I don't know what it is, but it kind of looks cool. Um, and John Carradine's in there. Right on. Interesting. Uh, and then the very last thing is that they're putting out a huge, um, Blu-ray James Bond Ultimate Collection with everything in it. And then, like, it looks like all of them are getting released individually as well. They do that every time there's a new James Bond coming out. Yeah. So this is your chance to buy it all again if you want to. Yeah. I've been curious about it because I only I only own the... I only own the Daniel Craig ones. Yeah. And I only I don't even think... I just own the two good ones. Um, so I've been sort of curious about like, oh man, I should go and like watch some of the old ones. Um, but I don't know that I want to like... <laughs> I don't know that I want to buy all of them. That seems like a lot. It's a little overwhelming. So, anyway. Um, Lots of stuff this week. Yeah. Yeah. We strategically didn't talk about the Big Bang Theory coming out. Mm. So, uh, what do we do next? Uh, what did we watch this week? Now, everybody, close your eyes and concentrate. This is my boomstick. Do you want to take a leap of faith? Do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Take only a nudge to make you like me. To push you out of the light. Now you get nasty. So I, I saw just a couple things. Uh, cool. I, I got backcountry because oh, dude, that's the movie about the ghost bear. Yeah. So when I was at Best Buy, I, I got uh, for my birthday. My in-laws always give me money or gift certificates to Best Buy. Sure. So I, so I went to Best Buy and it, it was twenty bucks on Amazon. It was only ten bucks at Best Buy. Yeah. And when I heard that Brad's parents said it's violent and gross, I was like, oh, I got to see this movie. Um, and it's not a horror film, actually. Uh, it's a movie is about... It, is it about like a little boy who befriends a ghost bear? That'd be sweet if it did. But, <laughs> uh, it's actually a story about campers who decide to go off the beaten path, obviously. Right. And they're attacked by a bear. And it's basically a survival movie. A ghost bear. Uh, no, a real bear. 
Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. So this is like the the son of the bear that's now dead. It, yes. It's got a. It's, it's got a like revenge. It's get like, revenge it's, for its killed. It's bear the revenge. Yeah. The ghost. The ghost is like a metaphor. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I gotcha. No, the movie's actually really good. It's it's a really small kind of film, but it's shot really well and uh, interesting. You know, when they're attacked by the bear, and I mean, there's no, that's really the premise is they go camping and then they're attacked by a bear. They're, right. I can't really explain it better. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, he kind of uses this, let's say a character gets hit or attacked by the bear. Sure. Then the camera kind of loses focus and uh, has a hard time keeping on the characters and stuff. So it's basically saying, oh, this is what the character is going through through it's the disoriented. camera. It's disoriented. Yes, exactly. So the movie's pretty well done. Um, it, there is some pretty gruesome, well, there's one gruesome scene in it. Hmm. Uh, I, I don't know if it's because I've seen so many horror films. I mean, it's still gross, but it's not... You know, it's not my level of gross, if that makes any sense at all. When the uh, when the bear attacks them, mm-hmm. does does Werner Herzog come in and like narrate the scene? That'd be sweet. And then the bear comes in. And I will say it is more satisfying because you do see somebody get killed by a bear. Oh, okay. All so right. it's not you know Grizzly Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it's interesting, and the performances are really good because where the Blair Witch Project, even though I love the director of Blair Witch Project. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I think the sometimes the dialogue sucks because it isn't written. It's having actors trying to right. convey it and not accomplish actors. Right. But this one... It was made for like $26 in 1998. Exactly. So like you give that movie some caveat. Exactly. So, but this one, the, the lead actress, she says some things and it, it seems more real. Mm-hmm. You know, she says hurtful things, but if you were scared and lost, maybe you'd probably say it too. Yeah. And then eventually you'd say, yeah, I don't. She's like, that. I don't even like bears. I think <laughs> bears are stupid. Bears are stupid. Uh, yeah, so when the bear attacks, it reminded me a lot, though, of Willow Creek, where it's two oh, people yeah. in a tent. In a tent, like, oh, where's the bear? Yeah, and the bear is, you know, stalking them outside. And... Yeah. Only at least in this case, you believe that there is a bear, and it's not just oh, yeah. like, they maybe act... it's a Sasquatch. But they actually do a really, there's some really cool shots of the bear actually hunting them, Yeah. where, because... The bear attack's really only in it for maybe 10 minutes, and it's towards the end of the film. Sure. So the rest of the time is they'll be sleeping in the tent, and you see the bear, like, pushing its nose against the tent, trying mm-hmm. to find them. So it's pretty, cool. it's pretty well done. Uh, I actually really enjoyed the film. So, uh, yeah, if you're interested in a survival movie, again, it's put out by Scream Factory, but it's not really a horror film. Yeah. It's more of a survival film. Yeah. I mean, I, obviously horror elements being killed by a bear, but... Sure. Um, you know, <laughs> it's... But it's fun, and so, yeah, so thank you, Brad's parents, for telling me that movie was gross. I appreciate it. Is it a real bear? Do yeah. They, they get a real bear to act in the movie? Ah, uh, yeah. I don't mean, like, it's not well, a ghost bear. Well, there is, there is, there is a bear in the film, Yeah. Uh, and then they use, obviously, an animatronic bear, though, for Sweet. the attack, so it looks really good. Cool. Because there, there's actually this really great tense scene where, uh, before the bear attacks, the... So the day before, you see the bear like pushing its nose against the tent, and mm. then the next morning, the boyfriend wakes up and he hears like scratching outside, and so he slowly unzips the tent and he looks out and there's a bear just like st- sitting out there, and so then he zips it down again, and then he zips it up and it's getting closer and he zips it down again. It's pretty awesome. Neat. So I mean, it's obviously it. You know what they're doing, yeah. but it's still done really well. So. Yeah. But and the director does the cool thing he does though too is his beats are different every time he unzips it. So it's not like he unzips it then one two unzips it one two. It's 
Right. One, two. Still go, still go, still goes. Then he unzips it. And then for the first couple times, the bear hasn't even moved. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. It's it's well done. I had fun watching it. Uh, and the, the Blu-ray is fun. It has a 20-minute making of and a commentary. So for 10 bucks, you yeah. know, there's definitely worse movies. Right. Uh, I, I rewatched when I was at Trademark last week, I got a bunch of comedies that I've had on DVD for a long time, and I just never upgraded on Blu-ray. And I kind of wait till they're, you know, $6.00. And then I get two of them, and so I spend seven dollars on two classic comedies. Yeah. So this week I rewatched Superbad because cool. we were uh, in my classes. We've been doing fake IDs and stuff, so they've been showing <laughs> clips from Superbad. So it made me really want to watch it, and that movie is still really funny. Yeah, uh, it, it's interesting seeing how far those kids have grown. Because oh yeah, that movie is eight years old. Wow. So seeing Emma Stone being you know nineteen twenty is a trip. Yeah. Uh, because she looks like a kid in that. Uh-huh. But now she's this beautiful woman in Spider-Man and other things. So great for her because she's really had a great career. Yeah. Uh, the movie's still funny. Uh, Christopher Mintz Plassey is amazing as Fogel. Yeah. Uh, I, I still laugh. I always laugh every time <laughs> when he's he's been with the cops for a little bit. And Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah are being... Uh, told to prone out by bill Hader's police officer and as he they get out uh fogel gets out and he's smoking a cigarette and it's in slow motion and it looks really cool and he flicks it away <laughs> and uh there's a slow motion on jonah Hill. And he, he's mouthing what the fuck it's, it's just really funny everything uh, I, I just laugh every time i see that movie I, i've seen yeah. it many times but i still laugh at it all yeah. the time it's really good it is uh, so I had a lot of fun watching that. And the last thing I watched this week is I watched Choke. Oh, why? Uh, because my wife wanted to watch it. Oh, and yeah. And it's not good. Uh-huh. I was super bored watching that movie. Yeah. Have you seen it? No. You don't want it to. It, it, the, the only thing that bums me out is Clark Gregg is the director and writer. So Really? Yeah, Agent Coulson. Oh. And he's in the film, and he's pretty... F- there's, so, there's some funny parts. Sam Rockwell plays a sex addict as... The, yeah. basically the premise of the film. Yeah. And he he basically lies to everybody, and his mom is Angelica Houston, who's in this retirement home, and she's kind of uh, has Alzheimer's, so she doesn't remember stuff. Sure. Or, and so he lies to everybody, and he's a con man, and he goes into restaurants and pretends to choke, but he really is choking, and he looks for rich people to save him so he can kind of mooch off of them, whatever. The movie's stupid. But you do get to see uh, Britta from Community Naked. So okay. Uh, there's that. She plays a stripper in it. That Jillian Anderson and Michael Jake, uh, Mate Jacobs. I forget her name. Uh, Jillian Jacobs, yeah. Yeah, Jillian Jacobs. Uh, the movie is just... I was bored. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the only funny parts is Clark Gregg plays the runner of this old, like, uh, colonial village. And he gets mad at everybody when they break character. And it's kind of funny. <laughs> and he talks like colonial America all the time. So it's kind of funny. Okay. The rest of the time I was just like, this is boring. And it's one of those movies that I think it was an hour and a half and it felt like it was two hours long. Yeah. Cause nothing really happens. And Sam Rockwell, maybe the only movie I've seen him in where I wasn't interested in who he was. Really? Yeah. I mean, Does even he dance. No, he doesn't, oh he, he doesn't have a Justin hammer dance. What? Yeah. And he might dance. I don't know. I remember it's stupid. You may have blacked out. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, I remember when it came out and I've, I've never been a big Palinuk fan. Like I don't like, fight club that much and um and so i was just we almost saw ironically since we mentioned it earlier this episode i remember the night where we were making decision we wanted to go see a movie and it was either choke 
or the miracle at St. Anna. Oh and man, we went to see the miracle at St. Anna. You, it's you would have lost either way. <laughs> because I, I uh, forgot to ask my wife if she liked it, but I was bored. Yeah, I started folding laundry. Yeah, and <laughs> you know how much I love films, so right. me not being able to watch it, man, that's pretty bad. Yeah, and especially with Sam Rockwell in there, like yeah, it's supposed to be. You know, you would hope that he would. He'd be fun, and my little boy's making noises, making me laugh. Uh, but the good thing is she rented it from the library, so it was free. Oh, good. So oh, good. It, it didn't hurt anybody. That's right, everybody. When you want to go see Choke, get it at your local public library. I know. She got it on DVD, too. What? Oh, well, I guess it doesn't matter. But it's weird when you watch movies, even when they're upconverted on my you know, HDTV and my Blu-ray player. Yeah. They still like seem super full of dirt and dark. They are. So, I'll, yeah, I have a hard time watching DVDs now. Yeah, the cartoons, TV cartoons aren't so bad, but the movies are. Yeah, TV shows in general, I'm I'm okay with. Yeah, you know, like I haven't upgraded. I haven't upgraded like my alias or anything like that because that's integrated. With also, I'm not. On it's, it's on Blu-ray. Can you but, upgrade it? No, I'm just saying like <laughs> shows like that, I'm yeah. fine with. But um, because I'll even buy one every now and then. Like you know, Community never even came out on Blu-ray. I know that sucks. I watch it on DVD all the time. Yeah, but anyways, that's what I watched this week. Cool. Uh, well, I uh, I'll start off with um, I did go see. This wasn't technically this week. This was the week before, but we did a film explosion last week. Went and saw Jaws at the Alamo. Nice. Um, and that was really cool. Uh, it was digitally projected, and it was clearly based on the the, the Blu-ray re-release because like the colors were corrected and the the scenes that I happen to know were like repaired were repaired. I think um, it's still one of the best looking Blu-rays, though. Oh, it it is. It is. I was actually glad that it was digital because it just it looked so good. Um, and it was a it's a great movie. Uh, and then a couple of days later, uh, went and saw the color purple there. Oh yeah, how'd that go? Um, it went great. Um, basically I, so uh, listeners will remember that I, we hosted that episode or that, that film there. Um, so I just got up and talked a little bit about like why that movie is important inside of the canon of, of Spielberg films. And, um, because it is, it's, you know, if you, if you go back and look at, um, at who he was as a director at the time, like. The analogy I made was that it'd be like if tomorrow Christopher Nolan or J.J. Abrams decided, like, oh, we're going to make, like, a a Holocaust film Mm -hmm. or, like, uh, you know, just some really heavy drama. Um, He wasn't known for that kind of stuff at the time. Now you look at Steven Spielberg and you're like, oh, yeah, like Schindler's List and Amistad and Lincoln and all these other movies that he's made. Mm -hmm. Um, But this was a really big risk for him. So uh, it had been about a year since I saw The Color Purple. And, uh, man, especially seeing it in theaters, like, really sitting and watching that movie – Oh, it, that uh, I was. was, in, it, was I was it an emotional wreck. I mean, because that movie is really good, but it seems it's it's tough to watch. Like devastating. Um, and I mean, it, the, the end is beautiful and and uplifting and great. Um, but like the whole last, I wasn't. Dude, the I end wasn't made me sad. cry. Oh yeah, I, I haven't seen it in so long. And then we watch it for eighty five film explosion. Yeah, I was like, oh. There's as, something in the air. As soon as they start singing, to, like, and walk into the church, and like the daughter is is gonna like reconcile with her preacher dad, like that's when I first started, like, you know, the the heavy breathing and the like, mm-hmm. oh no, oh no, oh and, no, and you know what's coming, and you still do it. Yes. Yep. And then, like, you know, there's a couple scene, or, 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 or while that's happening, is all the setup for the end of the movie, and then there's the shot of of Seely coming out onto her porch. And there are these people standing on the other end of the uh, of the um, of the field, and like that purple shawl blows up oh, in the wind, man. and it's a the color shot. purple. Oh, <laughs> oh! And then they start to run, and they yell each other's names. And at that point, I'm just done. Like just just waterworks. I was just 
done. Um, what a beautiful I, film. That movie is so good. Uh, and it was interesting watching it. You know, I, I worked the trick on myself. So the whole time I'm watching the movie, I'm like, I'm, I'm looking at the, like the tricks that he uses and like, man, there's the scene where, where, um, Donald Glover is going to like clearly rape, uh, Nettie, you know, where he's following Mm -hmm. her on horseback and she's walking and she speeds up. Dude, he's the shark from Jaws. Like you watch him use, (laughs) you watch him use the tools that he has from making the other movies but he uses them in a drama in this way that is so cool. Um, so yeah, it's a that's why he's the best filmmaker around. Fantastic, fantastic film. Um, so that was really was, cool. Was it a big sh- turnout for that movie? No, no one was there. There was really? like there was like ten people in the theater. It um, seems like it's a tough movie. To oh sell. yeah, oh yeah. And on it's, Monday, I mean, people night, would go see Schindler's List. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's a great film, but it's, right, you got to be in the right mind it, frame. I, I think that like Monday night of a holiday was not the right time to show it. Right, like everybody on Labor Day, they they all want to go see like a fun movie. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like you show that on a Saturday on like a sad weekend. You know. <laughs> um, when everybody really wants that, so um, it, the the one of the, the other piece about it was that it was advertised as being in in thirty five millimeter, but they got the thirty five millimeter print, and and Steve had texted me that that day, and was like, hey, the the print is just trashed, like mm-hmm. it's just not good. So they ended up projecting it digitally, um, which again looked gorgeous, like it was really great. But this this one guy came up, and I I, I felt kind of bad. Because he said, "Wait, is it? It's it's like it's going to be digital." Because I I announced it before the movie. And um, oh, what's that called? Uh, DCP. Anyway, I think it's DCP. And um, and he comes up and he's like, "Well, I, uh, so it's it's not on film. It's it's digital." And I was like, "Yeah, it is." Uh, the other one was just trash. And he's like, Ugh. "I was like, yeah, but I mean, at least it'll look good." And he's like, "Well," or or I said, "Oh, I'm sorry. The other one was just it was just really trash." And he he says to me, "Still looks better than digital." I was like, mm. no, <laughs> no, it doesn't. Like, I, I, I felt bad because he sort of he made some reference to like, oh, I drove all the way down here to see this on on film, mm-hmm. and I was like, I feel bad for you. Like, yeah. you were advertised something you didn't get. I feel bad for that, but it's not the film. Like, you know, it, it, that argument would be like saying, oh, I only read first edition printings of books. Right. Like, no, the. The, the story, it's yeah. the words, like it's the image. The image isn't better on film. Like, <laughs> it is if the film is really crisp and clear, but it's not. If the film is destroyed, if the scenes aren't going to tie together properly, if the audio is going to be all garbled up, if it's not going to be a good experience and it's going to pull you out of the movie, if, if by the end of that movie you don't cry because you weren't in, invested in the film properly you're distracted because by you keep them. getting distracted by the film then no it's <laughs> not better like i'm sorry i don't i don't understand that argument i just don't and i no, i a, love movies yeah, but i love good one. i love movies i don't love film like <laughs> film stock is not what i love i agree um so it was just that was kind of frustrating but um still feel sorry for the guy but whatever uh last couple of things is that i i watched i've almost finished the whole first season of blacklist um, which, uh, Brad had recommended. Um, and it's good. It's a, it's a cool premise for a show. It's a, it's a really cool premise for a show. Uh, basically it's, it's kind of like an alias, uh, but almost in reverse. So James Spader plays this guy who 
has been sort of on the criminal underground, uh, like an evil spy sort of. Um, he's the guy that everybody, if they, if you want to get out of the country or you want to go somewhere without anybody knowing, he's the guy that you call if you're a, if you're a, a criminal mastermind. Um, and so he knows everybody. And so he turns himself into the CIA and is like, hey, like, here are my terms. I will help you go find all these people because uh, he's got this, quote, blacklist of people he knows who he wants to have eliminated for one reason or another. Um, and there's this woman, and her name is whatever. I don't even remember now because it's <laughs> just some show. Uh, but so he's like, I will only work with whatever her name is. Um, so go get her. And it's like fucking telegraphed that she is his daughter, like so hard. And then they try to like, they try to pretend like you don't know, or like they try to pretend, pretend like it's a mystery. <laughs> but I'm like, dude, I've seen movies before. Like, <laughs> I'm not new. Come on now. Um, so they, that part of it is really annoying. They do the same thing with her husband where there's this mystery early on of like, is he a, is he a spy too? Is he working against her and all of this awesome, you know, like, uh, but maybe he's not, but you know, he is <laughs> like, it wouldn't be an interesting story if he wasn't. Um, so, and, but even where I am now, like they, they telegraph the next move before they ever play it. So like right now he's, he's very clearly a spy. Like it's very much revealed he's a spy, but I can tell you with with absolute certainty they're gonna reveal that yeah he was a spy, but then he fell in love with her, and now he doesn't want to be, and then he's gonna end up being a counter spy. Like so he's like the... Jason Bourne at the beginning of the Bourne Supremacy. Yes, <laughs> yes, he's like every spy movie you've ever seen. Um, but the week to week stories are pretty cool. They scratch the itch. Like if you wanted an alias show, they scratch that itch again. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of like, Hey, we got to break into this big party and like kidnap this guy or, or kill this guy or do whatever. You know, we got to catch these people and they're bad people. And every episode there's like, there's a bad person who's special, you know, like this guy Mm. makes people disappear and this woman steals money in this special way. And this person does that, you know, like they, they have like the speciality to them. Um, there's no like big Rambaldi device story mm-hmm. yet, but I'm sure it'll come up at some point. Um, so basically, what I'm saying, there's shows like Alias. They don't worry about Ben Affleck impregnating anybody. Uh, I don't know. He's getting a divorce. Maybe he's gonna meet up this lady, <laughs> and like next thing you know, whatever her name is is gonna be pregnant. <sighs> Son of a bitch, Ben Affleck. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um. So uh, yeah, Blacklist is pretty good. If you want a show that's not quite as good as Alias, then that's not a bad option. Um, also, caught up on the very last se- uh, season of The League. That was a pretty good one. Um, it's, the, it's the Teflondre season. Yeah, um, it's a good show. One. Yeah, because it just, it just launched on, on Amazon or on Netflix. So that was good. Uh, and then the very last thing was that today I got a chance to watch Z for Zachariah. Oh, cool. Um, because it's not in theaters anymore because no. it just disappeared. Uh, but you can get it on Amazon Prime. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, How much is it to rent? Uh, six bucks. Oh, yeah. So it's it's what you would pay if you got if you went to a matinee. Yeah. Right. Um, and so Z for Zachariah is basically exactly what you would expect from the trailer. Like if you want an hour and a half of sexual tension with with Margot Robbie, that's what you're gonna get. Nice. Um, it's uh, it's the story of a world where some kind of radiation thing happened. And most of the world is uninhabitable, but Margaret Robbie lives with her dog, uh, and her cute hat and shorts up in like the hills of like Kentucky or something. Sounds about right. Um, she lives in a holler, as you, as you would. And, um, in this holler, there's no, the, like the radiation is livable. 
you know, so she's fine. So she's got like a little farm, and it, it, it's apparently been like a year and a half since everything fell apart. Um, and her her dad and her brother have left, and so she's all alone with her dog. And uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor shows up, and he's got like this. He's like a scientific engineer dude. He was like in a he was in like a bunker, and he stayed he there came for a from while. Transcendence. Yeah, he came out of Transcendence. He okay. came out of the Transcendence bunker. <laughs> yeah, um, that was yeah. him in Transcendence, right? Uh, I don't remember. But wasn't he like the cop in it? Oh, shoot. I, I think so. Dude, I intentionally forgot most things I was things trying to be clever there, but now I'm going to have to look it up to make sure my joke is going to land. Well, the joke works just because, like, that bunker from the end of Transcendence, that's exactly where he was. Um, so he leaves the Transcendence bunker, and he runs into her. Oh, because he's just like, oh, dude, like, I was down there, and I was okay, but I, I was underground. Like, I was never going to see the sky again. So he was like, I got this suit. I got this radiation suit. Put together a little cart. Started walking. Uh, and he's had a hard time. The The kind of neat thing about the movie is that it starts... It starts with her finding him, and and the scene where he finds this this valley that where the radiation is no it's not so bad. Um, it it feels like the end of another movie, right? So you could have made a movie about the world ending, and Chiwetel Ejiofor's got to fight his way out of this bunker, and he gets out there, and he hopes he can find some place that's safe, and he finally finds this place that's safe, and here's a scene where he just like breaks down and cries on the side of the road, and like the emotion is just like he does a really good job, is what I'm saying. Um, he's not in it, so I'm wrong. That's okay. It was still a good joke. Um, the bunker, the bunker was in in Transcendence, so <laughs> so it still played. Um, and then uh, what happens is he, so he realizes like, oh, this place is safe, and she's watching him from the distance, and he runs down into this lake, and he starts like cheering and bathing in this lake, and she's like, oh shit. So she runs down, and she's like, you dummy. Yes, there's no radiation in the valley, but that water comes in by a river that's outside the valley, so you're swimming in radiation. So he gets really sick, and she takes care of him and nurses him back to health. And they start to fall in love, and there's a lot of like long shots of them like oogling each other from afar. And he, he, he comes up with the idea of um, he wants to build a, a water wheel in that waterfall, the radiation waterfall that he was swimming in before, so that they can get electricity. Um, but the only way, the only resources that they have is this church that her dad built. There's all this pre, uh, you know, pre-cut wood and, and sanded down wood. So that he's like, I could, I could take apart that church and build the water wheel and then we would have electricity. And there's some strife there because, like, she doesn't, she's like, no, like, you can't have my dad's church. Um, and and they, they come to a place where they're like, okay, well, whatever, we're just going to live our lives and this will be great. And then Chris Pine shows up. Uh-oh, sexy voice Chris Pine. Yeah, so Chris Pine shows up and he's like, I'm also attractive. <laughs> and uh, and so then there becomes this whole love triangle and like Chiwetel Ejiofor starts getting paranoid and like, you know, they start working on how are they going to build this water wheel and then there's tension. And then there just stays tension. Um, and I won't spoil the way the movie ends because I actually think it's really good. Um, it, you know, it's only about an hour and a half long. It's a pretty easy watch. Uh, I think the acting is all really good. Oh, there he goes. Just wandering around. Hey, buddy. I like your shirt. Um, but it's, the, the acting is really good. I think there's some really awesome themes. Um, there's a, there's a number of scenes in there that just feel like, just, they're just really well written, dramatic scenes. Um, it's the kind of science fiction that I like where it's, it's people telling a good story about humans in a fantastical world. Um, so that was pretty good. 
I I would definitely recommend it. So, hey, buddy. What's going on? Huh? What do you think about Z from Zachariah, Kellen? Uh-huh, yeah. Margot, Margot Robbie is a pretty lady. I agree. Yeah. Do you think she'll be a good Harley Quinn? Very good, yeah. I cool, think so. buddy. Thank yeah, you. She'll be good. She'll be good. That's a great review, Kellen. <laughs> nah, bye. There he goes. Love you. <laughs> Play with uh, mommy's Kindle. <laughs> Throw it as hard as you can. There you go. There you go. Good, Good job. job. <laughs> Good job, buddy. Good job. <laughs> oh. Uh-oh, there's mommy. It's not his fault, Laura. We told him to do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Z for Zachariah is on Amazon. Check it out. Is it worth $6? Yeah. Oh, totally. Cool. Yeah. I probably will then. It's Yeah, it's one of the better films I've seen recently. So Very cool. Uh, this is a comic book you should read. Hey, man, read this. I told you, I don't like horror comics. Think of it more as a survival manual. There's a number on the back. And pray that you never need to call us. We're dedicated to a higher purpose. We're fighters for truth. Justice and the American way. Is it me this week? It's oh, yeah. I didn't you know. are such a I piece know. of crap. I'm the worst. I'm the worst. Because I'm I'm just gonna do an easy out. Okay. Spider Man. No. <laughs> you should go to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. Okay. Go to their trade paperback section. Sure. And under the I section, at the very beginning, it's there's a section that says I Kill Giants. Oh. And you should definitely pick up I Kill Giants and read it before the movie comes out. Yeah. So you can see why me and James love it so much. It's so good. Because one, the art is really cool in it. Two, the writing by Joe Kelly is amazing. And when you think you know what the story is, you don't know what the story is. That asshole made me cry in public. Yep. So uh, I will say again with this, we've I think we've met recommend it like four times more hopefully we can get through (laughs) to some people yeah the thing is is when you're done with it make sure you read the afterwards by joe kelly yeah because they'll make you cry again yes (laughs) they will because he's a great writer but just know it's a great story um it's about a young girl who is going through some traumatic events in her life and she also has to kill giants Oh man, my friends are giving birth to her, uh, their first little girl today. I gotta go buy them a copy. Oh, of that. you should do that. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, if you got kids, make them read this book. It is. It's it's wonderful mm-hmm. because, like maybe, I said, maybe she's... don't make them read it until they're like ten or twelve. Yeah, but, the, but again, the story is is she's, uh, she's a troubled young girl. She's a nerd. Yeah, but she also has emotional issues. Yes, because she has to kill giants. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done, sir. Yeah, I'm not going to spoil this fucking book. <laughs> no, no, but there uh, is giants. There's, yeah, there's pixie di- in it. Yeah, there's, there's giants pixies. in their backyard, and, um, and pixies all over the place that yep. she talks to and has fun with. And and yeah, they're sometimes funny little naked yeah. cherubs, and it's you know, yeah, it's a beautiful book. It is. Man. Everybody should pick it up. Yeah. So I kill giants. Is, yeah. Once again, the real nerds pick of the week. That's the kind of film that I will take my niece to go see someday. <laughs> When she's good. old enough. Very, very good. Instead of Minions 2. No, she'll see Minions 2. Beetle, beetle. Uh, Remember that? <laughs> yes. 
I hear it in my nightmares. I know. I saw Laura came home from your party with a Minions Kleenex box. Is yeah, that my, yours? No, mom. my mom gave that to her to give to you. Nice. Like, she specifically was like, oh, we need to give this to Ryan. Sweet. Yeah. So I now, you, now you too have a Minions box. I know. Box, and then every Kleenex time box. I uh, blow my nose, I'm like, oh, thanks, it's Carol. In, here's the thing. That Kleenex box, I keep it in my car, so I'm going to have it forever. Like, nice. I'm never going to use all those Kleenex boxes or those, all those Kleenexes. Yep. I got my wife a Minions pint glass. Great. Of Bob, because he's the funniest one. He's he's a little, like, kid one, and he's, like, short, and he becomes king. Remember? It's funny. He had a, he had a couple of funny scenes, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> this week we saw Ed Night Shyamalan's The Visit. Uh, James, should people go see The Visit? Oh, fuck. He had to go with me first. Oh, well, yeah, I'm, ask, I'm hosting, and I'm asking. So, uh, all right. I mean, you can go to me first. You, would you want me to start? No, no, I'm, I'll go first. It's just, I'm going to warn you this is going to be one of the slightly longer ones. So... Last night, watched a review, and like we, we decided to do this movie because we were like, there's nothing else coming out. Why don't we just go see this movie because we know it's probably going to be bad, and then it'll make for a fun podcast, right? And then last night, I see this review where somebody's like, oh, it's actually a really pretty, like, coherent horror film. And uh, so then I was like... IGN gave it 8 out of 10. Yeah. So then I was like, oh, shit. Like, is this just going to be a horror film? Like, if it's just a horror film, it's not for me. So I'm very confused by this film because... For me, there's a lot of really great stuff in this movie. Okay, like, so now you see this morning when I was trying to explain it to you. Yes, yes, so frustrating, <laughs> yeah. so frustrating. So there's a lot of really, really great stuff in this movie. Unfortunately, there's also a story about old people killing kids, or, or just crazy old people, right? Um, the the movie is frustrating for me because it both ensures for me that M Night is still really talented and can tell really fantastic, heartwarming character-driven films. This is a found footage movie with old people who go crazy in it. <laughs> and so I have no idea who should see this movie. It's totally a mess, but I had a good time. Really? I think? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who should see this movie. I don't know if, if people should see this movie. <laughs> I just, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know, Ryan. Tell me what to think. Uh, I say rent it. I don't think you need to go see it. Someone who has seen many, many, many horror films yeah. and found footage films, it brings absolutely nothing new to the table. Nope. Well. But. But. As far as a horror movie is concerned, it brings it, nothing new to yes, the table. Yes, exactly. Right. As a horror film, nothing. But I will say I love the little boy in it. Yeah. I was not fond of. You know what? Let's play the trailer before I start explaining well, stuff. Or do you want me to finish? I'm, I wasn't yeah, very because, fond of the, the young girl right? in some moments. She's, I, she, she's got her Jurassic Park moments where yes. she's like, I'm a hacker. And you're like, God damn. Yes, because here's the thing is I loved the character until she said things like, they're just old people. Oh, right. Because to me, that's stupid. For someone who's as smart as she is, <laughs> right, right. she should not say, oh, they're old. I looked it up online. Right. Come on, dude. Yes. That's, yes. that's, what, that's the horror film. The horror film part of the film is not very good. That's what irked me about it. Yes. And hi. <sighs> and that's the thing that always frustrates me with M. Night Shyamalan as a filmmaker. Okay. Is I see talent in him. I love The Sixth Sense. I adore Unbreakable. I adore yeah. Unbreakable. Yeah. But then he decided to make signs. And, and the, then and he the made village The Village. Is awesome. yeah. No, they're not. The village is great. What a great movie and, The and Village And then he is. started becoming, oh, I'm the guy who does twists so i have to have every movie i make have a twist to it there's no twist inside 
There's a twist in Signs. Go ahead. This film, he decides to play it straight. And, yeah. And see, this... That see, here's the thing. He decides to play it straight to the detriment of telling the story. Yeah, he, yeah, he, unfortunately, he decides to make a horror movie to the detriment exactly. of telling the story. That's what I'm saying. He, here, here's a trailer yeah, for the visit. Yeah. Uh, but if, if you're not interested, go ahead and listen through to this movie because I think this is going to be a really fun one to talk about. Yep. Every day it's a getting close. Are you holding my camera properly? Swerve, girl. Uh, Stop, both of you. Bye, Mom. My parents asked if their grandchildren could visit them for a week. Here we are. This is where our mom grew up. I've wanted to spend time with you for so long. Miss you guys. <laughs> mom, we're having a great time. I have not seen your Nana this happy in years. <laughs> Bedtime here is 9.30. It's probably best you two shouldn't come out of your room after that. See you in the morning. 9.30? 9.30. What is that? It's 10.47. We think there's someone outside the door. was that? I think Nana's not feeling well. Grandmother's fine. It's like somebody talking in their sleep. What's he doing? They're weird during the day. They're just cleaning it. And even weirder at night? Mom, there's something wrong with Nana and Papa. They're just old. Bear with it for a couple of days. <laughs> No, no, you okay? They're hiding something. It's just the end of your trip. I'm sad it's all over. <laughs> I'm gonna get you. Let's make it a perfect night. What is that? Mom, you need to come right now. Would you mind getting inside the oven to clean it? so fucking cute i love my little boy so uh, there is a twist but we'll get to it we'll get to that part so the, the premise of the movie is you got it from the trailer these two kids are going to the grandparents house and yes. one of the, the the young lady is a filmmaker right and she's making a film because her mom has w- walked out on him 15 yeah. years ago 19 years ago i don't her, remember her mom exactly. is estranged with her parents so yes. she hasn't seen her parents in 15 years and so her, the daughter wants to make a, a documentary about it because she thinks it's going to be this this big moment about like, you know, showing what estranged families look like and mm-hmm. bringing her yeah. grandparents back in with her mom and like and repair- the, she wants to help her story. mom. I love the found footage it's idea of it. So awesome! I love the idea of it and really well told, really well acted, really yes. well written. Yes, because the, there are moments where I was like, oh, her, her brother. I love that character. Yes, he's got all the great quirks of a Shyamalan character, yeah. right? Where like. 
He says things the way he says things in weird ways. The way that that I'm sure Shaman's kids really talk every now and then. Yeah, like he's got weird quirks about him. Like he wants to be a rapper. And I, and I love that he replaces curse words with female pop art yes! artists. Those that is a Shyamalan kind of thing. Like that is a Shyamalan character trait. Like he he does that shit, and I and love it. That's what I mean. There's parts of me that want to love Shyamalan. Yeah. And there's in that movie. I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, when this movie started and she was t- interviewing her mom, yes, I was like, okay, uh huh. I'm in this movie, right? I don't like found footage, right? But if you're gonna tell something different, I'm on board. And he also makes the smart decision, at least for me, of saying, look, it's a found footage movie, so go with me on that. But I'm gonna shoot it like it's well shot, exactly. So it's not annoying to look at. It's, and that's he, why he gives them cameras that we that's can. That's why I give him props because. Yeah. It doesn't have the super shaky camera. Right. It's this little... When there are sh- super, shaky, super shaky camera moments, it's for a reason. So exactly. like when she tries to break the handle off the door and the camera's like going all over the place. Exactly. It's and it's a cool moment because it's a moment it where she she's deciding to forego the film in order to free herself. Exactly. Oh, so because, cool. Because the, the film is what's holding her back. Right. Ah, that's what's... But Good. then the movie decides... To be a horror movie. To be a horror film. <laughs> and I ha- obviously, I love horror. But the problem is, is everything they do in it is like every found footage movie that's ever been made. Yeah. It's It slowly builds tension. It's lo- oh, a little more crazy. A little more crazy. A little more crazy. And with no inciting force. There's not like a reason why it's more no. crazy. It's just like... But here's the thing, too, is what makes me frustrated and also admire Shyamalan is he- I think he's a great filmmaker. Yeah. I really think he is. Yeah. And the part that I think was actually pretty well done was when they're playing hide-and-seek under the house. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, what the fuck is wrong with this lady? And then she comes out. And then she comes out, and she's laughing at him. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, okay, that's, yeah. kind, of, that's kind of believable. And then she turns away, and it gets weird. Yeah. And you're like, ah! And that part's weird. And it, the thing is, is he knows how to do horror, though. But yeah. yes, the, the payoff sometimes just doesn't work. Even the part where she's like running through the house, I think is creepy. Yeah. You know, and I, I, the one at night, and then she crawls towards the yeah, yeah, because her hands are bad. And then what I love too, the levity the next day, where the little boy is like making fun of her, yeah, in, in the woods. You know, yeah. he's like, "Who am I?" Right. And I think that's how little kids would act. Right. You know, I, the problem is that like they he foregoes he doesn't build tension as much as show you horror stuff. Like he gives you horror scenes. Yeah. Like the ones where they keep peek out the door where. If you hadn't seen that, if you just heard the noise and there had just been this mystery of it, then it would have made more sense. Or, or you'd seen that, but in more light. So you're just like, oh, that's just weird. But it's framed in such a way where you're like, no, that's horrible. Like, if yeah, I yeah, were yeah. in that situation, I'd be like, no, fuck all of this. I'm not exactly. like, I'm not going to be, there's not going to be levity the next day because I don't want to be here anymore. Whereas, in, I think what he's trying to do with the levity is make it bring you back to this place of like, no, 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 these kids don't quite get it because they, they think, you know, because this is all stuff that like old they're, people are and they're, prone And they're to trying do. to repair the relationship. I get that right. part. But I don't like some of the dialogue. The dialogue sometimes, yeah. it's, it, the excuses for the kids to be stupid, yes. that just makes me mad. Right. Because he, he writes these characters too well for them to be in this situation exactly. for so, so damn long. When, when, they, when she says stuff saying they're just old, it takes me out of the movie. Right. Because... She is so smart, and she's a great character, but then she has a dumb character line. So you got you got all this crazy shit happening where, like, Grandma's running around, being crazy at night, getting naked and scratching all over the doors, and then 
on the third night or fourth night of doing this, and your brother's like, I want to put camera up and watch this shit and see what's happening, you say, well, no. That's against my filmmaker policies of, like, of, you know, code 247. Mm -hmm. No! No, you put the camera up there. Like, that was one of those moments where I was like, this is dumb. Why are you being stupid? And then they followed that up with that awesome scene of him interviewing her. Yeah. And he's moving the camera in, and he's saying things to her, and she's heartbroken. That scene is fucking awesome. Take out this stupid shit. It seems like he's shoehorning in these horror elements in a movie where... It doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, I just wanted a movie where, like, he talks to his sister. Like, that's how good the parts where he and his sister are talking to each other are, where I just wanted them to talk to each other about how hard it is to lose your dad. That's the thing that always irks me with the latest Shyamalan stuff is, yes, he's a smart filmmaker, but he can't – he doesn't need to resort to stupid filmmaking tricks. Yeah. Because, I mean, here's the thing is – he has that great moment where she finally sits down with the grandmother to do the interview. Mm. And the grandma talks about the people that live in the pond. Yeah. And you're like, oh, what is he doing? Is he doing a stupid thing? And then he's like, I'm just kidding. Like, I love that stuff. Yeah, it's great. Because um, his sense of humor, just yeah. in all of his films, is is really like slightly bizarre, but always works well in the film. Exactly. I mean, with the exception of like the the bad movies. Yeah. The one, the the films we don't speak of, which are not the village. <laughs> but um, it, this movie is so close to being a really good movie. Yeah. Um. Because I mean, even there's like the frightening scenes to me is not when she's eating cookies really fast and says Yahtzee. I don't care. I don't. I don't care about. Yeah, that, that was stuff. dumb. But the eating, but the, the, that scene was good because it was funny because she's eating the cookies and the the boy's sitting there and he's like, uh, "We're having really? fun." Ah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See that's that's cool, and but see, I think actually the most effective scare in the movie is when the kids are like, well, "Let's get out of here! Let's get out of here!" And they open the door, and you see in the distance that lady just hanging from the tree. I think yeah. is amazing. Yeah, that, that subconscious, that quick thing is what you know. Yeah. The scene with the alien and signs where he's walking yeah. up the roof. That's what it is. It's that scene where you're like, "Did I just see that? What did I just see?" Yeah. I love that stuff. Better, better is the turn of the leg in the woods, but yeah, yeah uh, that's that's what's good. Um. But Good. it's, yeah, it, this movie's close. I, I I love, I said, I love the little boy in it. I love when they're trying to stay away from him, waiting for their mom to come up. And he's throwing the ball up in the air and just spinning around. He's like, what yeah. are you doing? Like, this, this is how kids, kids play. play. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great. But then it's, you know, then you have the stupid horror thing where the old man craps his pants and puts the poop in his face. Like, that's stupid. Yeah, I don't know what that was. You don't need that. Yeah. You don't well, need it, was, it was just because like at, there has to be this climax where the crazy people start actually getting crazy and violent, and it's just not it's not very good. Uh, exactly. Because once the thing that makes them terrifying is that you can't be you can't hurt them because they're old people. But once they're crazy, you could totally hurt them. And like the the reveal, and we're gonna start getting into spoils here. But the reveal that they're not they're not demons. They're not supernatural in any way. No, they're just old people. She's a really old lady. Just hit her. Yeah. Just even if you're like 14 years old, you can hit an old lady and hurt her real bad. See, this is where I think the movie falls apart too. And uh, big spoilers. Yeah. yeah. This is the this is the twist. So when the kids hold up the Skype. Yeah. And they say they're they're right out there. She's like, those aren't your grandparents. You've been seeing those people the whole time. Yeah. That's cool. 
I liked it. I they got me with that. They but totally got me with that. I don't like that. Oh, they're crazy people that escape from the hospital they work at. Right. To me, that's a horror cliche. Yes. So then you start. But everything about it is a horror cliche. Like yeah. So then I start. Then the ending. I'm like, eh. Right. It's not scary. It's everything I've seen before. Yeah. Um. You know, trying to be scary with the crazy old lady with her hand underneath the bed, the bed. is not scary. No. Um, I love, but the scene where she's, you know, finally saying this movie isn't worth it. I'm going to break the camera. I love it. Um, so the movie's frustrating to me because yeah. you're, I thought it would have been more interesting if it was their grandparents. Hmm. If I, if it was really who they were and but, they were that way, then I would have been happier. But what's great about it is the thing that I end up loving about it is that because it's not their grandparents, we're able to get the last scene. Because the last scene, oh, yeah, I guess, awesome. Yeah. Like this, so, the rap. <laughs> yes, right. So when they go back, no, not the rap. Right, the second to last scene. So when she goes back and interviews her mom, and her mom reveals the truth of the scene, and it is this, the, or the the truth of what happened, and it is a very realistic, normal thing that happens. And then there's this heartbreaking, like, second drop. Mm-hmm. Where where she says like oh no no I you wanted to go and make this documentary to get me forgiveness but it was always there mm-hmm. like I always had it I just never gave forgave myself and you're just like oh shit and those that's the Shyamalan twists yeah, I like but I guess those too, are the when, moments where you, know, I'm, you find I'm out that her parents weren't really bad people she just made a bad mistake right and I mean that's cool but and it's, it, it's it it's a then it becomes a story about her imprisoning herself and then how that imprisons her kids and all of that. That's way more fascinating than any of this shit about sundowning and like trying to make old people scary. Uh, I don't like the part where it's a horror movie, Ryan. Me either. <laughs> it's too cliched. Yeah, I mean, and it's, I think it's mostly well made. I mean, no, if if anybody else had been like given a script for, hey, here's a movie where some kids get tortured by like some old people, it probably wouldn't have been as good as this one. But at the same time, like. I mean, unless it were, like, really one of those, like, horror master people that you talk about. You know, unless it were, yeah. like, Scott Derrickson. But if he were going to make this movie, I don't think it would have been a movie about scary old people. No, it wouldn't have been. Right? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, it's it's a frustrating movie, because I still, I still just don't know how I feel. You know? Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I... It's... The Village is really good. No, it's not. Yeah. Um... Thank you, Laura. The Village is really good. Yeah, well, Man, you and so, James can watch it together. It's a really great, just heartwarming, beautiful story. You mm, know what I no. love? You know what I really liked about the vi- about the visit? Mm. I really liked how many shots of trees against sky there were. Because <laughs> M. Night's really good at filming trees against the sky. Like he does in The Village. Mm-hmm. So yeah, check out the village. Uh, yeah, it's out on Blu-ray, I think. So yeah, we probably didn't help you with uh, the visit though. No. Um, next week we didn't do the box office, but whatever. Um, oh shoot, we didn't. <laughs> next week, I don't know. Um, I mean, Everest is playing in IMAX, uh, Black Mass, and uh, I ain't seeing no Black Mass. Maze Runner: The Scorch Trials. I'm not so... seeing Maze Runner. So I think we're seeing Everest. It's only in um, IMAX 3D. I mean, we've got. Oh, is Sicario limited release next week? Uh, it's in six theaters next week. Oh, okay. So probably not ours. Yep. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll have to see if we can get tickets oh. to uh to Everest, and if not, then we'll see. Figure something out about Ray. 
I, uh, After Ray decides to transition from female to male, Ray's mother... Nah, never mind. No one won't see that. Uh, September 25th, I'm going to actually put it out. Green Inferno is coming out. And yes, it's an Eli Roth film, but one of my friends, Tommy, wants to come on the show and talk about it. And okay. he is a horror film expert. Cool. So uh, we'll be seeing the Green Inferno, and it'll probably be a set that Saturday he has the day off, and he said he really wants to come on the show. Cool. Well, I'll so. go see The Keeping Room, and then you guys can see Green Inferno. Sounds good. I ain't seeing that. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, so, yeah. Thanks for listening, as always. Cool. Well, I'll, I'll tweet out the movie we're going to see, as always. Um, yeah. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Until next week, bye. Bye. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production. Hey, so, okay, so spoil the end of um, of Halloween 6 uh, <laughs> electric sticks for me. <laughs> electric boogaloo. Um, so they, Michael chases them to, uh, or they follow him to some hospital. Okay. And in the basement of the hospital, you find out that there's some cult that he's a part of. Okay. And the way they stop him is they build some sort of shrine shrine thing on the floor. Okay. A circle. And he walks into it and can't move. And then they leave. This is the theatrical version of the pro. This is the producer's cut. Oh, that's dumb. Yeah. It's really dumb. That's the end of the film. Yep. They don't like shoot him with a shotgun or nothing. He, Paul Rudd and Donald Pleasance literally walk by him. Yep. I just, Told you how that movie ended. Alrighty. Well, I'm not going to see that. Is I'd... Paul Rudd funny? Does he show up on a motorcycle? No, he doesn't show up on a motorcycle and jump off it and walk away like it's cool. <laughs> if that was in that movie, I would recommend it. All right. Okay. But yeah, it's not good. No, Paul... I don't think anything they could have done could have helped that movie. Okay. Well, that's too bad. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, sure. <laughs>